State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcasts you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs super fan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to to change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now, on with the podcast. Amazingly, we have come to the final week of the high school football regular season, and your week would not be complete without listening the State Champs Indiana Extra Point Podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. Over 130 programs offered at a university consistently ranked one of the best in the Midwest, according to U.S. News and World Report. Find out more at ltu.edu. My name is Greg Rakestraw, joined as always by our fearless leader or something like that, Mr. Robert Stan Bazzi, better known as the Baz. Good morning, my friend. How you doing? Good morning, just peaches and cream, ready to start this final week, getting a lot of excitement going all over the great state on these big ball games. There you go. we got week eight to recap. We've got week nine to preview, but just as importantly, we've got postseason pairings to share with you that occurred last Thursday. And normally I have opened up the proceedings by asking Brother Baz to lead off about his game, and I will give him that opportunity. But being as I had the number one team in the state on Friday night, (laughs) I'm going to take the floor first because it was the first chance that I had to see Center Grove. And again, this was a team that that I saw a year ago when they were largely sophomores and juniors, worked their way from four and five during the regular season all the way to the state championship game at Lucas Oil Stadium, where they then lost to Carmel in the 6A title clash. And uh, I told anybody that would listen, I can tell you who next year's state champ is going to be, is going to be Center Grove. Yeah. Um, I, I still feel that way. Um, Lawrence North did show that you could compete with Center Grove if you had the right combination of players. And LN does, I think, on both sides of the football. Center Grove was clearly the better team, but LN played a wonderful first half. Got a couple of breaks that went their way as well from Center Grove miscues. They led 13-0, did Lawrence North at halftime, and they forced Center Grove into a three-and-out on their opening drive of the second half. But Center Grove's defense came up in a big way. Center Grove allowed four yards on the first two drives for Lawrence North in half number two. And after Center Grove pumped away the football, they proceeded to score on their next four drives. They scored the last 28 points of the game. They win by a score of 28 to 13. Now number one in 6A Center Grove will take on 5A number one Cathedral in the final game of the regular season on Friday night. The good news is both those teams have buys next week. In other words, there's a little cushion there where these two teams can go for it and get after it on Friday night in the intergalactic mega bowl that they are playing for uh, between two likely state champions some six weeks from now. Bob, it was it was a sight to behold. So let me let me bring you into the conversation this way. What would you like to know about the Center Grove Trojans from a guy who witnessed them with his own eyes on Friday night? 
And all quick and all seriousness, their quickness. It's gotta be phenomenal against the teams they're playing. I would not have thought, to be quite honest, Center Grove would be that quick, but the way you're talking, they're phenomenally not only big, but extremely athletic football team. Very. And I mean, they've they've got fifteen kids who are likely playing division or not division one, but college football of some yeah. adult or form uh in the junior and senior classes. Uh they are quick, but they are also big. You know, for the second time in a span of five years, they have a pair of Division One defensive linemen. Uh, five years ago, it was a group. Uh, it was Cameron Tidd and Jovan Swan. Cameron ended up at Vanderbilt. Jovan started at Stanford and, and now is finishing up his days uh, playing at Indiana University. This year, it is Austin Booker and Caden Curry. Booker is going to play at Minnesota next year. Curry might play with the New York Jets um, in a couple of years. Uh, he has... 55 Division One scholarship offers. Alabama, Clemson are the ones that, you know, Texas uh, that, that get your attention. He literally gets to pick where he plays, uh, and he is tremendous. Center Grove is able to rush the passer most times with three guys because those guys are so good. You have to double-team Booker. You have to double-team Curry. Now let me get to the guys on the offensive side of the football where you've got Carson Steele that is probably a, a Mac slash Missouri Valley level running back who is a four-year player for Center Grove. And remarkably, I referenced, you know, following in the footsteps four or five years ago, you had two division one defensive linemen. Now you've got two more division one defensive linemen. Four years ago, you had a young man named Titus McCoy who now plays at Indiana State who was a four-year varsity contributor for Center Grove. Steele, really a four-year starter at running back for Center Grove. And for that to happen at that level of school is is remarkable. He's 6'2", 215, averaged about eight yards a carry. And and the difference in that game was on first down. In the first half, LN did a good job of limiting Steele to three and four yards on first down. As the battle continued to be waged, those carries became seven and eight yards in the third quarter and fourth quarter. And, and Lawrence North is a team of a pretty stout front seven, um, and, and they've got some size up front. They just got worn down. Uh, Center Grove's wow. got a tackle who is 6'8 and 315, and, and, and the offensive line is one area where they did have heavy graduation losses. They graduated four of five, and virtually every other – um, you know, part of the, of the field, they bring back starters from a year ago. Uh, Baz, I did I did some stat comparisons, and I thought I'm not going to be able to use them on the broadcast, um, given the way the first half went. Yeah. But trying to compare Center Grove to other historically great teams oh. um, in, in the top level of Indiana high school football, um, the team they compared to the most from a number standpoint is Warren Central <clears throat> from 2006. At the time, that was the fourth consecutive year in which Warren Central won a state championship. That was the only time during that four-year run that Warren Central went undefeated. That Warren Central team uh, had no one close to closer than 19 points to them all season. They were beating teams by an average of 40 points. This Center Grove team went into Friday night's game, outscoring teams by 40 points a game. They were second in the state in points allowed, third in margin of victory. Um, and now Lawrence North serves as the team that has been closest to them in, from a 15-point deficit. I expect Cathedral to be 
as close, if not closer, to Center Grove on Friday because Cathedral is that good. But, uh, Bob, Center Grove was every bit as good as advertised when I saw him on Friday night. It's interesting you brought up Warren Central because that's seriously where I went to in my mind. Warren Central, then that great Ben Davis team. Uh, but it, that, that, that was a team, and, and it's interesting to hear you talk about their offense. But it's also going to be interesting to see what Cathedral was able to take away from uh, uh, the ball game Friday night that they can implement into their program to uh, try to slide, uh, slow down this uh, uh, juggernaut. Well, having seen Cathedral back in week number two, they've got a they've got a quarterback named Nathan McCahill, who was kind of a program kid. Really, this is going to be his only year to be a starting quarterback and has been fantastic. He is not the athlete that McCulley is in terms of being able to extend plays. But what he can do is get rid of the football quickly. What Cathedral can do is spread the field. And again, as you heard me say, Center Grove can get pressure on the quarterback with three guys. Right. So what can they do from a coverage standpoint? Now do you say, okay, we're going to rush three, or we're going to press cover guys to be able to not ever give them free reign off the line of scrimmage to, to make those throws as accurate as possible. Um, McCauley was the best quarterback that Center Grove has faced all year, but he was also clearly the most pass-dominant quarterback. And for a second week in a row, Center Grove will face a quarterback that can really sling it. Uh, and so – you know, that also got my attention as far as Cathedral's ability to have some success. The other question is, will Cathedral's defense wear down in the second half the way Lawrence North did? And that's the thing that I think Cathedral coach Bill Peebles and his staff will be really, you know, pounding into their guys' chest and to their brains from today onward, four quarters, four quarters. How you play in quarter number one has to be reflected as to how you play in quarter number four. Uh, to me, and that's easier said than done because Center Grove is that physical and just beats you up. And so those are the two lessons of I'm Cathedral, but I'm going to school on what Lawrence North was able to do on, on Friday night. Now, the other thing for Lawrence North is this. What Lawrence North can't be guilty of is thinking about getting back to Center Grove because they've got, it, they've got three games where they would see Center Grove again. Pike, coming up on Friday night to, 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 to get a win there. And Pike lost in overtime to North Central. He already has a victory over Lawrence North this year. Pike has been oh so close. They're three and five, uh, but they've got a double overtime loss and now an overtime loss to two good football teams in Carmel and North Central, respectively. Then they've got their big rival in LC, who is 0-8 this year. But when LC sees LN, you know, they, they grow 20 times in size. It's It's... Uh, to, to borrow your phrase, a guaranteed slobber knocker when LC and LN get together in the opening round of the sectional. After that, LM would either get Warren Central or North Central. LN has beaten Warren. North Central beat LN at home back in week number four. And for LN, the milestones they can achieve, their next win guarantees them a winning season for the first time in 15 years. If they win that sectional, It'll be the first sectional championship in 30 years at Lawrence North, and their reward would be number one center grow. So if, <laughs> if, if you're Lawrence North, you've got to, you know, I think you're infused with confidence in how you played CG, but now you have to put that on the back burner to say, okay, we've got three more games, and two of them we have to win to see center Grove a second time. Yeah. That's got to be the Pat Mallory's charge to his guys um, after Friday night. So 
Uh, a long-winded, as per usual, uh, explanation of my Friday night. Now, my friend, the floor is yours. Who'd you have on Friday night? Well, we had a defensive battle with uh, Wabash and McConaughey as McConaughey defeated Wabash 42-39. to uh, it, it was a game where Wabash jumps out 14 to nothing, and then McConaughey comes right back and scores 28 unanswered points, and then Wabash goes to a naked backfield, and, and Leland lit it up. I mean, the kid uh, threw for 384 yards on the night and had three touchdowns. And to be quite honest with you, Greg, it wasn't decided until with one minute and seven seconds to go, Wabash had scored to bring the score to 42-39, tried an onside kick, hit a McConaughey player. A Wabash player fell on top of it, squirted out, McConaughey recovered, ran out the clock, game was over. But they're going to take a long look this week if you're uh, Wabash on special teams play because that's what broke their back in this bad boy. All right, so that's kind of the games that we had on Friday night. We're going to change up the order again because we have gotten to the point of having the postseason pairings. So not to overlook week number nine, we're going to get to them now, and then we'll spend the back half of the show focusing on what the IHSAA has given us for games on October the 23rd. And in the 5A and 6A realm uh, for, for teams that for all but 2 and 5A will start on October the 30th. So, my friend, who is your season finale? Well, it's going to be a great one. Uh, it's uh, Southwood and Tippy Valley. And the reason I say that, Southwood undefeated, ranked number yep. three in the state in 1A, takes on Tippy Valley, who is 6-1 in conference play, 6-2 and two overall at Southwood for the championship of the TRC. So this is going to be a real slobber knocker. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's going to be the speed of Southwood versus the size and strength of Valley. And, and, and Greg, I'll be quite honest, we saw Valley earlier in the year. They were impressive, but uh, Southwood continues to impress every week. They find ways uh, to play defense, and that's one thing that makes them stand out. They do a great job on the defensive side of the ball. And, and this week, um, you know, they, they play – a uh, Rochester team who is struggling, shuts them out. Uh, they've only given up like uh, 38 points in the entire season in conference. So this is going to be our big matchup. All right, so the game that I will have will be Ben Davis and North Central. Last year, these two teams played for a share of the conference title. Nobody's sharing it with Senator Grove this year. In fact, Senator Grove, um, you know, you got to be careful on these things, but it also reflects the confidence they had in their squad. They already had a pre-printed banner that said undefeated conference champions. They didn't go to Furland until the game was over, but it was back there with the champagne on ice uh, for for the end of the game uh, against Lawrence North on Friday night because, again, Senator Grove is done with conference play. The conference race is decided. CG goes 7-0. So North Central and Ben Davis are just trying to make sure they're going in the right direction going into the postseason. Uh, And Ben Davis is 3-5, and and they beat up the worst team in the league in, in Lawrence Central on Friday night. So it's not your typical Ben Davis season, but at the same time, Ben Davis has a very easy postseason path compared to other schools in 6A. Ben Davis is in sectional six, and their sectional is Southport that plays in Conference Indiana, which is not close to being the same league as the Mick. They play Tech, who of course plays in the North Central Conference, again the same from a from a conference standpoint, and they play Perry Meridian, who is 0 and 8. Uh, so far this year, and Perry has really struggled in football over the course of the last decade or so. So Ben Davis, for the most part, has, has a pretty steady path to get to at least the regional round 
where they would then see either Brownsburg or Carmel. And Ben Davis lost to both of those schools rather handily. But they know that they should be able to get to the regional. You never know what might happen from the regional round on. For North Central, we've already talked about their postseason path to a great degree. Uh, their, their season, North Central, has been ended by a war in each of the last two years. Two years ago, it was in the regional round after North Central um, won a sectional for the first time in 25 years. Last year, those two teams played each other right off the jump because they were in the same sectional, and the same thing happened this year. Not surprising when you draw somebody a second time in a row and there's only four teams in your sectional. Better mathematical chance that that happens. Warren Central and North Central played back in week three, which was week two for Warren because of uh, COVID quarantine issues. Uh, North Central beat Warren 10-0. Warren has been playing better, but a very young Warren team has struggled the last couple of weeks. LN beat them 34-13. Carmel beat them 38-14. As of now, Warren doesn't play this week. They, they, have had, they have struggled to find a week nine opponent this is pre-COVID, again, because they don't play a conference game this week. So Warren is hoping somebody has in 5A or 6A has a has a schedule, a scheduling issue, certainly pops available and be willing to play Warren. I'm sure Warren would be happy to go to anywhere in the state to play a team if they could find someone to play coming up on Friday night. Or Warren will literally have a double bye going into that game on October the 30th. So for North Central and Ben Davis, you're, you're trying just to get, you know, get another win, getting into the postseason, but really know that what determines your season is going to happen a couple of weeks from now. So that's the game that I will have on Friday night. Let me stop down to get both of us paid. Lawrence Technological University, located in Southfield, Michigan, offers 27 teams across 22 sports. Track and field and even men's volleyball is some of the newest offerings. There's nothing quite like being a college athlete. If you dreamed about it, check it out. Head over to ltuathletics.com and click the Be Recruited tab on the homepage. Fill out the questionnaire for your sport, and the incredible coaching staff will get it. Recruit yourself. You could even intern with the State Champ Sports Network team while you're living the dream and getting one of the best educations out there. Your journey begins at ltuathletics.com. All right, Bobby, let's talk about uh, postseason matchups for Week 10 and beyond, either from your neck of the woods or anywhere in the state. What caught your attention when the ping pong balls were announced last Thursday night? Well, ironically, I know we're small schools up here, but in Wabash County, all four teams drew each other. <laughs> and so everybody's going to be playing at home, and that means somebody in Wabash County uh, will go on to that second round. But one thing that really concerns me, Greg, about these draws, and I got to jump off of you know who we're going to see because who we may not see. Uh, we're sitting here with Adam Central now. Uh, just went on a two-week COVID uh, vi virtual uh, class time now for two weeks. Uh, they had two students uh, test positive, 83 quarantine, so they shut the school down. But they say, as of right now, they are still going to play football. So that is a, kind of a teeter-totter. The reason I say that, uh, they're one of the top-ranked uh, 118 right. states. So we have to be looking at that because they do feed in to where Southwood Norfield uh, sectional goes. So that's one of the things that really jumps off at me right now early, and I'm very concerned about what we're going to see in the next couple weeks. Well, obviously, that and, and the volleyball uh, draw, for example, takes place this week. Uh, it's already been drawn. The sectional starts this week. Correct, correct. So uh, 
Exactly. And what, what I meant to say, and, and yeah. we have spent so much time together, you know exactly what I'm thinking these days. So thank you very much. Uh, Robertson Park had to pull out uh, after the volleyball draw was announced. Uh, right before the volleyball draw happened, Anderson Prep Academy said right. they are done for the year. <clears throat> and so that happens. And, and you know, that, it's, it's the one thing that we can point to because in three different classes, I think there's a, there's an extremely heavy favorite. Chichard yes. in 3A. And the two teams I've already mentioned in 5A and 6A, Cathedral and Center Grove. But th- this is the ultimate in any given year because y- you don't know if those teams will take the field when asked to. And, and when the postseason starts, you've got one day of wiggle room. You, you can push your game back to Saturday. Yeah. That's it. That, 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 that's, that's all the free pass you are given. Um, and, and you reference Adam Central going all online. I know in this area, you've got some schools that are in hybrid mode, but a lot of teams have basically said, fellas, you're taking virtual classes for, for, for that exact reason, trying to, as a preventative measure to try to keep guys healthy and trying to keep guys out of quarantine uh, during the course of the season. So so it, it's, it's not been uncommon in this area for school to be back in session and for coaches to say, hey, guys, um, you can go back to class once the football season is over with, uh, we want you healthy. We want you playing uh, coming up this year. Now, you mentioned Adam Central. They and Southwood would not see each other for the sectional final, correct? That is correct. All right. So, uh, from a statewide perspective, there were not a lot of matchups that really caught my attention in in week number one. Um, and part of it is, is that there's only a couple of sectionals where there's, say, a multitude of ranked teams this year. For example, sectional 28 and 3A, Chittard, Garen, Brabuff, West Lafayette. North Montgomery was ranked for a while. They've kind of fallen, fallen off the pace a little bit. I think they have now lost their last three games. But again, in my mind, Chittard is such a heavy favorite coming out of that group that even there, I'm kind of like, eh, not exactly a lot of matchups that, that draw my attention. Now, of those ranked teams, West Lafayette and Garen Catholic are the ones that will see each other uh, in, in terms of week number one of the postseason. They're going to be played at Garen, and then Chittard would get the winner of that game uh, in, in terms of the following week. Uh, down in Southern Indiana, in Class 4A, uh, we get to see Silver Creek and East Central. East Central is 7-1. and one. Their lone loss was Chittard in week number two. Uh, and so credit to Chittard, they've beaten one of the best teams in 4A, and they've beaten one of the best teams in 6A uh, as a 3A school and in games that they weren't scheduled to play until the week they occurred in both cases with East Central uh, as well as Merrillville. Silver Creek is 8-0. Silver Creek, Bob, is a very unique story uh-huh. for decades they were the largest school in the state that did not play football. Uh, when they finally began playing football, their enrollment was in the 750-800 range, and it's a, maybe a little bit more than that now. They are 3A in, in basketball, volleyball, baseball, softball. They are 4A in football. They continue to grow, and they are the largest school in their conference, which is a good 3A league, the Mid-Southern Conference, 
Uh, Salem's five and two going into the weekend. Corden Central's five and two. Uh, Brownstown Central was the team that Silver Creek thrashed on Friday. Silver Creek beat Brownstown for the first time in school history. Silver Creek's only been playing football for 10 years. It, 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 it's indicative of kind of how football is viewed differently where I grew up in Southern Indiana now compared to what it was even 20, 25 years ago. We had some decent-sized schools that simply did not play. There was not a, a, a clamoring from, from the fan base and the student body to have a football team. Then there, then there was, and Silver Creek has been pretty good. But this is where their season has ended a couple of times the last three or four years against East Central. Just because East Central tends to play at a higher level uh, than, than does Silver Creek. So from, from a, a, a record standpoint, those two teams at 7-1 and one and 8-0 caught my attention. But to be honest with you, Bob, there wasn't a lot of matchups like that in the opening round. Now, I, I, I do the, look at the East Noble uh, yep. matchup with Columbia City. That should be a really good one. Columbia City just lost for the first time. And East Noble is East Noble, even though not quite as potent as they have been. Sure. Uh, and, and, and I just think up here, looking at that and what you may get out of the sack, uh, once again with Dwinger and the kids who, who had a tough one uh, this weekend, and, and that thing just got all discombobulated up at the sack this week. So uh, with Homestead and Dwinger both set in the top, so that looks like uh, on a tiebreaker, Homestead gets the win because they defeated the winger in triple overtime. So uh, and I would agree with you. Not a lot of great, uh, high, uh, potent type of uh, first-round games this year. All right. A couple, couple things in six that I'll point out. Brownsburg drew Avon, and, and, and Brownsburg was much better than Avon during the regular season. Brownsburg has had trouble pl- matching their regular season form in the postseason. I think Brownsburg's probably three or four touchdowns better than Avon. Wow. Because that is a rivalry game. Crazy stuff happens in rivalry games. And so that draws your attention. The other game in sectional number five and 6A, Pike and Carmel. Carmel has now won five straight, but one of those was was in double overtime against Pike. And so those teams will meet up on October the 30th. From your neck of the woods, sectional three, Carroll and Warsaw – Six and two, six and two. You play a Bart Curtis running offense. That's always tough to prep for. And, and the fact the fact that Carroll has an extra week to do that, I think, helps significantly. And then you've got Snyder at four and four against Homestead in sectional number three. So also catching my attention, those teams getting together in sectional number three. Yeah, just think Snyder just lost to Dwinger this past weekend, 17-7. to So uh, they come off a big win, have a tough loss to Dwinger. But if you want to talk that far ahead, I got to look up at section number one because that championship game between Maryville and uh, Lafayette Jeff could be extra special. And then you drop down to sectional two with Elkhart and Portage in the first round, Penn and Chesterton, and you, you generally look, in, in the way the rankings are, that it would be Elkhart and Chesterton. But you can't count out the Kingsman because it's just Penn. So, again, that's a look at some of the games that, that, that catch our attention in postseason play. And a reminder, next week, all 6A and all but two of the 5A have the week off. There's one 5A game next week. It's in sectional number 13. Decatur Central goes to Terre Haute North. Winner then gets Plainfield at home in round number two. But 63 of the top 65 enrollments in the state 
have the week off. So the showcase goes to 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A next week. And then by the time we get to the following week, we will have 192 teams across the state of Indiana continuing on their postseason. Baz, anything else for the good of the cause today? I'm just getting excited. I really am. But now it's tournament time. It's time to go. It is time to go. As in time for us to exit stage left. You have a wonderful week nine, my friend. We'll do it again next week. All righty. Take care.